This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Russian forces are trying to capture Lysychansk, the last big city held by Ukrainian troops in the eastern Luhansk province. On Sunday, missiles struck Kyiv in the first attack on the capital in several weeks. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said that Ukraine's partners need to move faster. America's government is expected soon to announce that it will provide the country with NASAMS, a Norwegian anti-aircraft system that defends against both aircraft and missiles. Mr Zelensky addressed a meeting of the G7 in Germany at which leaders discussed plans to cap the price of Russian oil. The proposal is seen as a way to squeeze the Kremlin's revenues and reduce inflationary pressure around the world. G7 leaders also announced a plan to create a $600 billion global infrastructure fund to counter China's Belt and Road Initiative in developing countries. Democrats urged President Joe Biden to protect reproductive rights following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a congresswoman from New York, and Elizabeth Warren, a senator from Massachusetts, suggested federal land could be used as a safe haven for abortions in states with restrictive abortion laws. Lawmakers in California may propose a ballot measure to enshrine abortion rights in the state's constitution. Sri Lanka's army started handing out fuel tokens in order to ration supplies as the country struggles with a severe shortage amid an economic crisis. There are 9,000 tonnes of diesel and 6,000 tonnes of petrol left in the government's stockpile, but no fresh shipments are expected. Government employees have been told to work from home, and many schools have been closed. Russia defaulted on its foreign debt for the first time in more than a century, after Western sanctions inhibited its ability to make payments. The grace period for about $100 million of interest payments expired on Sunday. Meanwhile, America, Britain, Canada and Japan announced a ban on imports of Russian gold to prevent oligarchs using bullion purchases as a way to avoid the impact of sanctions. Japan's government urged people in and around Tokyo to use less electricity as a heatwave strained the country's power supply. Temperatures in the capital rose above 35 degrees Celsius over the weekend, while a countrywide record of 40.2 degrees Celsius was recorded in the nearby city of Isesaki. Residents were told to keep using air conditioning to avoid heatstroke. Some 46 people have been hospitalised so far. NASA launched a rocket from a commercial spaceport in Australia, the space agency's first such launch outside America. It was also Australia's first in more than 25 years. The rocket, which is carrying an X-ray quantum calorimeter, will provide scientists with new data on the structure and evolution of the cosmos. And fact of the day. 84. The number of countries that have become less peaceful since 2008. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Russia returns to Ukraine's capital. Russian missiles provided a dark dawn chorus as they fell on Kyiv in the early hours of Sunday morning. At least one person died and six were injured when a bomb hit a block of flats, 
A playground nearby was also bombed. It was the first attack on Ukraine's capital city in several weeks. The strikes were probably meant to serve as a warning to Ukraine and its backers at a critical moment in the war. But if the intention was to break Western unity before the G7 meeting and NATO summit, it may have had the opposite effect. Ukraine is being considered for membership of the European Union, as is Moldova. Boris Johnson, Britain's prime minister, has urged G7 leaders that now is, quote, not the time to give up on Ukraine. The country needs all the help it can get. In recent days, Russia gained full control of Severodonetsk, a city in the country's east, in a long-awaited military victory. Its forces are now closing in on nearby Lysychansk. Will Laos be the next Sri Lanka? Much like in Sri Lanka, which has almost run out of petrol, queues at petrol stations have become a daily sight in Laos. With annual inflation soaring at nearly 13% in May, the economy of this small, landlocked country is in crisis. Laos was already burdened by public debt worth 88% of GDP in 2021. Then this year, the price of Brent crude, a benchmark for the oil market, rose by 45% to hit $113 per barrel, caused in part by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. An increase of American interest rates pushed up the price of imports. International ratings agencies warned that Laos is on the brink of default. Though Laos is a tightly controlled communist dictatorship, there have been flashes of public anger. In response, the government has announced plans to raise the minimum wage and reshuffle the cabinet. That may not be enough, however, to stem the public's rage. Israel braces for another election. On Monday, the Knesset, Israel's parliament, is expected to vote to dissolve itself and announce a general election for later this year. It will be the end of Naftali Bennett's short term of one year as prime minister. Yair Lapid, the foreign minister, will replace him until a new government is formed. Benjamin Netanyahu, the former prime minister who was turfed out by the Bennett-Lapid coalition last year, is raring to get back into office. But because he's not assured of a majority in the coming election, he is trying to postpone the dissolution vote so that he can establish a coalition that involves members of the current parliament. Mr. Netanyahu failed to muster a majority after the last four elections and is unlikely to find one now. Even if he manages to delay the vote by a few days, Israel is almost certainly headed for its fifth election in less than four years. Businesses wary as America's economic outlook weakens. There is not much to be cheerful about in the latest run of economic news in America. Inflation is at a four-decade high, interest rates are up, and the stock market is in rough shape, all while retail sales are sliding and housing sales are softening. Figures expected on Monday may add more gloom. Orders for durable goods, items which are expected to last longer than three years, such as computers and machinery, may have remained at about the same level in May as in April. This would suggest that business investment growth is grinding toward a standstill. The risk of an imminent recession is still limited, thanks in part to continued strength in the labor market, but a leveling off in goods orders would show that businesses are becoming more pessimistic. Spending restraints should help dampen inflation. The question is just how painful the journey will be.
A Wimbledon with a difference. Wimbledon, Britain's annual tennis tournament, known for its archaic traditions, has long been distinctive in the tennis world. The 135th edition of the contest, which starts on Monday, is remarkable for less historic reasons. In response to the war in Ukraine, organizers have banned Belarusian and Russian players. It is the only tennis tournament to have imposed such sanctions. Those exiled include Daniil Medvedev, a Russian and the world's top-ranked men's player. The game's governing bodies disapprove and have ruled that players' performance at Wimbledon will not count towards their global rankings. Although some players will be disappointed, Wimbledon remains prestigious. It is one of four grand slams in the game. On the men's side, Rafael Nadal is on the hunt for a record-extending 23rd victory, and on the women's, Serena Williams is hoping for a record-equaling 24th. The other draw? The £40 million or $49 million prize money. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Monday. Who was the first African-American woman elected to the U.S. Senate? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Helen Keller, who was born on this day in 1880. Some people do not like to think. If one thinks, one must reach conclusions, and conclusions are not always pleasant. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening. <laughs>